This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks very much for joining us. Sophie is off tonight. The cleanup is underway in a Vancouver neighborhood where a water main break caused some serious flooding and damage. Aaron MacArthur is live with more on the potential cause of the break this morning. And Aaron, why neighbors say it could have been avoided? Yeah, that's right, Chris. Neighbors here on Lakewood first reported a water leak to the city on May the 4th. And as the leak seemed to get progressively worse, neighbors grew increasingly worried until this morning when it was too late. A geyser erupting on an East Vancouver street. Lakewood, for a time Friday morning, a river. Before you crazy morning, you're crazy, but what can you do? Nothing you can do. I woke up this morning and there was, I heard, the, I thought it was raining, so I heard, looked out the window and it was just like gushing out from underneath the tree. And we looked outside and there was just water, like a river on our street under our cars. The water raced downhill towards Templeton High School. There was no damage at the school. A pro D-Day meant students were away from class. One home saw flooding damage in the basement. I just wake up. I just come downstairs and the water starts coming in. How much? Oh, about a foot. Once the water was dealt with, the city was on scene digging up the street. The burst pipe happening right under a 30-year-old cherry tree. The tree totally undermined and had to come down. There was a tree that was being undermined. So they secured the street, so they're worried about sinkholes and stuff like that. The cleanup will take several days. The extent of the damage, not really known until everyone has a good long look in their basement. Now, we spoke to the city of Vancouver this afternoon about this water leak and the fact it was reported two weeks ago. They said they were on scene and had investigated it and there were plans to fix the pipe. It just takes a couple of weeks usually to organize the proper safety gear. In this case, the pipe burst before they could get to it. Chris. All right. Thanks very much. Aaron MacArthur reporting in East Vancouver. Now, it's been 11 years since Lisa Dudley and her boyfriend, Guthrie McKay, were shot and killed in their mission home. Today, a small victory for Dudley's family, a judge ordering the return of property that belongs to the 37-year-old. But as Jill Bennett reports, for the family, the win is bittersweet. For what could be the last time in a long legal battle, Mark Soraka is heading into the courthouse in Abbotsford, fighting in a system he says is incredibly difficult to navigate. I hope that people out there do realize that it is just not cut and dry. Soraka has been fighting to get the personal belongings of his stepdaughter, Lisa Dudley, returned to him and his wife. They were seized during the police investigation more than a decade ago. I'm sure that most people have belongings of family members who have passed or, or, or are removed from their vicinity, and they hold a remarkable importance to them. Dudley and Guthrie McKay were both shot in 2008 in their mission home. RCMP? Yep, uh, Irwin Adam, I'm calling from... 
And we heard what sounded like six gunshots. McKay died, but Dudley lived paralyzed and bleeding for four days after RCMP responding to the initial 911 call failed to investigate. Six gunshots in a row and a crash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't you love this? Dudley was still alive when she was found days later, but died on the way to hospital. I have no comment. There has been a conviction in the case and a coroner's inquest. But in 2017, Soraka had to request the RCMP tell the family what belongings were seized and to return them. Items like phones, there was a watch and personal items of that nature. A judge in Abbotsford has ordered all of the belongings be returned to Dudley's family. But Soraka says it shouldn't have been this difficult. I hope that somewhere down the line people can examine this. People in authority can examine it and perhaps perhaps precipitate a, uh, an easier road. Jill Bennett, Global News. James Oler has been found guilty of taking an underage girl from Canada to the U.S. to marry another member of his polygamous sect. Oler, who lives in Bountiful, B.C., was acquitted in 2017 when a judge wasn't convinced he'd done anything wrong bringing the girl across the border. The B.C. Court of Appeal overturned that decision, Oler represented himself at the retrial, but did not mount a defense or call witnesses. In her decision today, B.C. Supreme Court Justice Martha Devlin says it's reasonable to believe that Oler knew the 15-year-old girl would be subjected to sexual activity when he arranged her marriage to an older man. We're learning more tonight about a deadly crash on the Coquihalla Highway. Turns out the man killed last night was trying to help when he was struck. Nadia Stewart has more on the tragedy and a new report out of the coroner's office revealing the two preventable factors that are killing drivers on our roads. This was the scene on the Coquihalla Thursday evening near the Coldwater Interchange. A multi-vehicle crash claiming the life of a 47-year-old man from Salmon Arm. He'd stopped to help. The Good Samaritan became the victim. It is a tragic start to the May long weekend. It's also not the first time someone has lost their life trying to help others on the Coquihalla. Similar tragic circumstances claimed the life of Nicholas Funk in February. Weather was a factor in this crash. The factors surrounding the most recent incident on Highway 5 are still under investigation. But ICBC is warning drivers ahead of the long weekend, hoping to avoid any crashes caused by one of the most common denominators. Speeding's not going to get you there noticeably faster, but may increase your chances of crashing. A recent survey found both drivers and passengers were concerned about speeding. Drivers worried their actions could harm someone. Passengers worried just being in the vehicle could cost them their life. And even more troubling stats are being released by the coroner's service. People are still dying preventable deaths on our roads. A third of the deaths um, that we investigated in 2018, uh, there was no restraint use, so primarily no seatbelt use. And a third of the deaths in included some level of alcohol or drug impairment. No seatbelts, impaired driving and speed. It means year over year motor vehicle deaths are up. Even more concerning, 51 motorcyclists died on BC roads in 2018, the highest annual total in 10 years. All this data pointing to a message too costly to ignore. Take time, plan ahead, check out Drive BC, utilize your local media, and let's all arrive safely at our destination this weekend. Nadia Stewart, Global News. Meantime, the Independent Investigations Office confirms tonight a man who was seriously hurt in a crash near Hope has died. 
It happened early Thursday morning. Police received a call about a break-in. Minutes later, they located a motorcycle that was believed to be related. And shortly after that, there was a crash at the intersection of Highway 3 and Highway 1. The Independent Investigations Office has identified a key witness who stopped at the scene to help. That driver is being encouraged to contact the IIO as it works to determine what role, if any, the officer played in the man's death. A nearly year-long tariff war between Canada and the U.S. will be over in 48 hours. A deal has been reached to lift steel and aluminum tariffs. Tariffs of 25% on imports of steel from Canada and 10% on aluminum took effect on June 1st of last year. The Canadian government issued a statement today saying the two sides have agreed to eliminate the tariffs within two days. And Canada has agreed to lift tariffs that were imposed in retaliation. So Keith Baldry is live in Victoria with a little bit more on what this means for B.C. Keith. Yeah, Chris, you know, when you think of major B.C. industries, steel and aluminum do not spring to mind at the forefront. It's things like forestry and mining that really dominate our trade picture with uh, other jurisdictions. Steel is really part of Ontario's economy, but there is a significant presence in British Columbia, particularly when it comes to aluminum. So take a look at some of these numbers. Uh, first of all, on an annual basis, uh, steel and aluminum exports amount to about $1.7 billion annually. That keeps going up. In fact, aluminum is the two-thirds of, of that is aluminum, and that's going up a staggering about 500% in four years. So it is becoming a major export and 4,000 people are employed in the industry in British Columbia. So even though it's not top of mind, it's still an important part of the economy. So this is good news. And Bill Morneau, we caught up with him in Hamilton Day outside a steel plant and he makes the point this thaw in trade with the Trump administration is potentially good news for something that would have a much bigger impact on BC and that's the ongoing and never-ending softwood lumber dispute with the U.S. Here's Bill Morneau. I see that we can make progress even on very difficult files through continued advocacy. That's what we did in this case. That's what we continue to do in the softwood lumber case. So I think we'll, we'll continue to move forward. Hopefully we'll get through this ratification process. And as you say, there's still things that we will constantly have between trading partners as, as large as, as Canada and the United States. The other positive uh, development as a result of today's announcement, uh, Chris, is again a local one, and that's the building of the new Patello Bridge and whatever is built in Surrey when it comes to uh, rapid transit. That needs steel, and that, a lot of that steel would have had to been imported uh, from the United States with those tariffs in place. So there were fears those projects were going to be more expensive than initially planned. Now with those tariffs gone, I think there's a little more breathing room for the finances of those two infrastructure projects. What a relief for the people uh, doing the accounting. Thanks very yes. much, Keith. Enjoy the weekend. New concerns tonight about the dangers of vaping and how enticing it is to youth. Many of the products contain highly addictive nicotine and young people are picking up the habit in growing numbers. And while you won't see tobacco ads in SkyTrain stations, you will see vaping ads. And some global BC viewers think TransLink is profiting at the risk of our youth. Paul Johnson reports. At the Burrard Sky train station, it's unlikely you'd pass through without seeing these. A series of billboards for a vaping product called Vipe. Vipe is a division of the Imperial Tobacco Company, who wouldn't be allowed to advertise their cigarettes here. Bit of a double standard, seeing as you can't advertise cigarettes. In the history of modern advertising, 
nicotine and tobacco companies have been some of the most successful, not just advertising the existence of their products, but associating it with a certain image. How mild can a cigarette be? Well, I've been smoking camels for 20 years. As the devastating consequences of smoking became indisputable, I got a better idea. Tobacco companies were kicked off of the most persuasive ad platforms. But the emergence of vaping seems to be upending some of those rules. We're unable by law to reject this ad. TransLink told Global News they could be sued by Vipe if they turned down the ads on the basis of public objection. I understand um, the federal government's reviewing some of these laws when it comes to vape products, and I would suggest that anyone who has a complaint regarding that get in touch with somebody at that level. So we did, and Friday reached out to Liberal MP Hedy Fry who's riding the ads are in, and who is also a medical doctor. Fry says TransLink has got it wrong, and that the law provides plenty of latitude for them to turn down an advertiser like Vipe. In the meantime, the ads will make tens of thousands of impressions on the traveling public, helping Imperial Tobacco with their marketing strategy and adding to TransLink's revenue stream. Paul Johnson, Global News. A groundbreaking today for two new schools in South Surrey. One, two, three. The construction contract has been awarded and work is now getting underway to build the 1,500-seat Grandview Heights Secondary School, as well as a 605-seat elementary school in the Douglas area, both expected to be finished by 2021. There's a lot of light at the end of the tunnel for kids to not have to spend their uh, entire learning careers in portables in Surrey. We want to build schools in the right place uh, where they're needed and uh, where we can alleviate the, uh, the portable issue in Surrey as quickly as possible. As we head into the long weekend and the price at the pump jumps higher, a new report from BC Hydro indicating tonight switching to an electric vehicle could save you thousands of dollars a year. But is the utility ready for the coming surge in power demand? Here's Jordan Armstrong. Plug in and save. As gas prices soar, more and more British Columbians are considering an electric vehicle. Gas price is killing us. And if you drive every day, BC Hydro says an electric would slash the cost of your commute. The cost of fuel an electric vehicle is about 80% less than what it costs to fuel a gas-powered model. Let's look at it this way. According to Hydro, someone driving the 80-kilometer round trip from Surrey to Vancouver spends about $2,200 a year in a gas-powered Honda Civic. Switching to an electric Nissan Leaf and the cost drops to $409 a year. A saving of more than $1,700. Really? Okay. More power to it. Now, it's important to note the Hydro study only looked at the cost of commuting and does not take into account the higher purchase price of an electric vehicle nor the cost of installing a charging station at home. That upfront cost is what is deterring most people, I think. There are rebates available for electric vehicles, uh, about $5,000 offered through the federal, federal government, as well as a $6,000 scrap it program as well. But is the utility ready for the surge in demand? Right now, there are about 18,000 electric vehicles on BC roads, and that's expected to climb to 350,000 by 2030. This is anticipated to add about 1,000 additional gigawatt hours of load to our system. 
this is something we're ready for, we have been planning for, and we, our system can, can meet the, the power needs of electric vehicles. So far, BC Hydro has fewer than 60 of these fast charging stations installed around the province, but there are plans for 23 more by the end of the year. Jordan Armstrong, Global News. And when it comes to those high gas prices, a new survey shows a staggering number of British Columbians are struggling to fill up and meet their most basic needs. According to the Angus Reid Institute, half of the people surveyed in B.C. agree rising gas prices make it harder to afford the necessities. Nearly one in five say they've traveled to the U.S. to buy gas in the last three months. And 70% say they would support a B.C. cap on maximum gas prices. There is widespread shock in the Okanagan tonight with news that a well-known longtime lifeguard is charged with child sex crimes. 54-year-old Edward Cassavant, known as Eddie Spaghetti, faces 10 counts connected with child porn and sexual crimes against children. And there may be more victims. Global's Jules Knox reports. 54-year-old Edward Cassavant taught hundreds of Summerland children how to swim during his 30-plus years as a lifeguard. Now he's facing several child pornography-related charges. He was the kind of guy that was kind of by himself. He wouldn't talk much to people. Cassavant, also known as Eddie Spaghetti, is accused of sexual assault, secretly observing or recording nudity in a private place, and sexually exploiting a person with a disability. I would say a lot of people in Summerland are shaken to the core. Some former students say while they weren't victimized, word of the allegations has caused anxiety for parents. Obviously my mom was pretty traumatized about it because she was always worried about the kids and it's out of her control when something like that happens. Cassavant retired in late 2018 according to the District of Summerland. RCMP started their investigation into child sexual assault and pornography around the same time in November. But the reported incidents happened between 2008 and 2014. The Penticton man volunteered at community events and local summer camps. And police believe he used his position as a lifeguard to get access to school-aged children. Two victims have stepped forward, but police say there might be more. They say some of the children might not even be aware they were exploited. It's important to note that none of the allegations against Cassavent have been proven. He remains in custody and is expected in court on Wednesday. Jules Knox, Global News, Summerland. The city of Vancouver is investigating the theft of decorative brass plaques that are being taken by the dozens in the downtown area. Developers are required to install the plaques around the base of trees, but despite the fact they're glued and pinned down, thieves are still prying them off and selling them for scrap. The city is working on better ways to anchor the plaques or replacing them with something else altogether. A big tribute today to B.C.'s World War II veterans ahead of the 75th anniversary of D-Day. A Second World War Canso aircraft flies over Vancouver Island's Fort Rod Hill National Historic Site during a tribute to those who fought on D-Day and in the Battle of Normandy 75 years ago. With local students looking on, Second World War Navy veterans Alice Adams and Trevor Schuckberg, both 97 years old, were recognized as hometown heroes. I think for the children, if they have a good memory, 
they'll just carry this along through and there'll be a day come along when they say, oh, I remember that. What do you think of all this? Oh, I think it's absolutely amazing, amazing. What do I think of it? I think it's a wonderful thing that the school children are here. That's the most important part of it. Only I wish that I could have gone with those boots to Juno Beach. That's what I would have liked to have done. The students in attendance presented combat boots, which were transferred to HMCS Ottawa, anchored nearby, to symbolize the soldiers who took part in the D-Day landing. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Investigators in Alaska are getting their first up-close look at the wreckage of the two float planes involved in Monday's fatal mid-air collision. NTSB officials plan to piece the remains together and hopefully get some insight into what led up to the crash. 37-year-old Richmond resident Elsa Wilk was among the six people who died. Of the 10 who were injured, two are still in hospital in fair condition. A minor miracle today in California when a military fighter jet crashed through the roof of a warehouse. Incredibly, no one was killed or even seriously injured. But there are concerns about what kind of weaponry the plane was carrying. Streaking out of the sky, an Air National Guard F-16 seen plummeting to earth moments before impact. That's a airplane. That's a military airplane in our building. Jeff Shostow was inside when the plane went down and pulled out his phone to capture the smoky aftermath. The turbines were spinning, so I could still hear a lot of noise and things going on, so it was pretty scary, definitely. Military officials say the F-16 was on a training mission when it declared an emergency landing because of a hydraulic issue before crashing into the warehouse. Did you have any idea what, what happened when it um, It was just more like a sound barrier getting blown. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the debris just was all over the place. Wow. And that's when I knew there's something going on. Amazingly, no one was killed. The pilot ejected safely and is in good condition. Twelve people on the ground were decontaminated from hazardous material like jet fuel and treated for minor injuries. The military won't say what kind of munitions were loaded on the plane, citing security reasons. But in the aftermath, crews are keeping people nearly a mile from the scene as explosive and hazmat teams secure the fighter jet. There are potential uh, dangers. The precaution raising questions among locals and causing traffic backups for miles. Can't get to my destination like I want to go, like I want to do because it's taking me all the way around. Tonight, crews are focused on recovery, safely removing the $15 million fighting Falcon so investigators can dial in on exactly why it fell from the air. Taiwan has become the first country in Asia to legalize same-sex marriage. Thousands of gay rights supporters celebrated the decision outside the country's parliament. Taiwan's high court ruled in 2017 that the constitution allows same-sex marriages and it gave Parliament a two-year deadline to change the law. Sad news tonight about one of the Internet's most famous feline stars. Grumpy Cat, 
has passed away at the age of seven. The frowning feline from Arizona, whose real name was Tartar Sauce, became an internet sensation, racking up millions of social media followers and amassing an empire that included everything from plush toys to perfume. Her owner says she developed complications from an infection that were too much to overcome. Rest in peace, Grumpy Cat. In Health Matters today, today is the day set aside to raise awareness around the world of the silent killer. Seven and a half million Canadians have hypertension or high blood pressure. And as Linda Aylesworth reports, a high percentage of people, especially young people, still don't know it. Blood pressure is a necessity of life. It's basically the pressure blood exerts on our arteries every time the heart beats. But like most things in life, too much, as in high blood pressure or hypertension, is not good. Hypertension is known as the silent killer because often we don't realize that we have high blood pressure. Thing is, the majority of older Canadians who are at higher risk of developing hypertension do tend to know if they have it and get treated accordingly. It's younger Canadians, 20 to 39, who don't. It's not that as common in younger individuals, but with the obesity rates that are happening in North America now specifically, uh, there are more and more younger individuals now coming down with hypertension. It's easy to find out where you stand. Go to your doctor or local pharmacy. Most have free blood pressure monitor services. Here's why you should. If it's, if it's over a long period of time, it's elevated, let's say 140, 150 over 90, over 100, that's putting a lot of pressure on, on, your, on your pipes, if you want to call it that. That pressure can contribute to plaque building up in your arteries, blocking them off, or causing bits to break free. That plaque basically can travel through your, your circulatory system. If it ends up in the heart, it can cause a clot or block an artery, which causes a heart attack. Or if it goes to your head, it can cause a stroke. Hypertension can also wear down the vessels in vital organs, leading to things like kidney failure. But there's lots of things you can do. Many go the medication route. Others find success in lifestyle changes. You can exercise more, lose weight, watch what you eat, be careful about your salt intake. Those things alone can often help bring some individuals' blood pressure back to normal. Linda Aylesworth, Global News. A Vancouver Island man is quickly becoming famous around the world as video of his unbelievably adorable encounter with six baby bunnies goes viral. Ladysmith resident Chris Beerling managed to coax the bunnies out from under a bush in his backyard garden, getting closer than he ever expected. Hello, my guy. So I was just putting things in my crawl space and I looked over and I saw the mama bunny sitting there staring at me and she wasn't moving. And she left and I went to investigate and there was a nest and six little bunnies sitting there staring at me. I figured out if I made some funny noises towards them, they would come to me and the rest was history, yeah. Oh, I was just, it was almost a nervous, nervous moment for me just watching these little things come towards me and they just kept on getting closer and closer and they're climbing on the back of my hands and I was trying not to touch them, but they're so cute. One came and nuzzled my nose. It was really cool. It was, it was and my, I have two little children too, and they just loved it. It was pretty special. <laughs> There's bunnies uh, around my neighborhood quite often, and um, there was just two kicking around in the backyard, and I thought they were playing, but I think they were doing more than playing. <laughs> the mom was there every morning and every evening, and then uh, a couple days later, they were just gone. They moved away one by one. 
and the mom bunny is still st standing around and she seems to be getting bigger so we might have a new crop soon. Yes, they were doing more than playing and we go from bunnies to this, a big event in Regina today that's given Saskatchewan bragging rights in the giant dinosaur department. That's right after the forecast with Christy. Yes, the long weekend mm -hmm. is finally here for a lot of folks and they're hitting the road. That's right. And the traveling actually is pretty good compared to yesterday with the Coquihalla having a ton of rain. It's much brighter, much drier today. And we'll talk about that in a second. I wanted to show you this quickly. Uh, BC Wildfire Service just um, issued uh, a new dashboard site that shows an interactive map. This is going to be a great resource as we head throughout the summer months with the wildfire situation. Uh, this is sort of gives an update on how many fires we've had so far this year. These are the active fires and it even breaks it down uh, region by region right here. Uh, so some, a great resource. If you want to check it out, you just go to the BC Wildfire Service main website and you'll find a link there. It also breaks it down by the stage of control for each of the fires. And one of my favorites, the suspected cause. And by the way, this black is, of course, person cause. And right now, 80% of the fires of the 33 that are out there uh, person caused. Now, the good news is as we head into a long weekend, the situation a whole lot better out there because of the rain we've had in the last couple of days, except for the far north. Be very careful, especially in the Fort Nelson region where you're close to an extreme level of fire danger rating. We've got a whole bunch going on, very complex, very uh, unstable across the region in that we've got showers here, showers there. So let me break it down for you. For those of you in the BC Peace River area, we are expecting some showers. That could be some good news for the Fort Nelson region region from Prince George down through the Columbia and the Kootenai region. You'll see mainly rain in through the morning, just touching over into the Okanagan Valley. That will ease off to just a chance of showers in the afternoon. Most of the south coast will see dry conditions tomorrow, a slight chance of showers in the morning, except for those of you across the west coast of Vancouver Island. Tofino, a wet day for you tomorrow. We have a 40% chance of showers here in Metro Vancouver on Sunday, but I think the wettest day this weekend will be Monday, but that's still a couple of days away so keep tuning back in over the weekend and I'll leave you with a stunning shot from Haida Gwaii. I love it how the sun is just catching this one piece of land sticking out there. Golden light. Okay thanks very much Christy. A big event in more ways than one in Regina today. The Royal Saskatchewan Museum officially unveiling the largest Tyrannosaurus Rex ever discovered. The remains were found back in the early 90s near the small community in Saskatchewan of East End, and it's taken almost 25 years to unearth and make casts of all the bones. The T-Rex weighs nearly 10,000 kilograms. It stands five and a half meters tall, and it's about as long as a city bus. It's pretty exciting that we have the world's largest T-Rex. Uh, no other jurisdiction can claim that. The researchers don't know if it's a boy or a girl, but they've nicknamed it Scotty after the only spirit that was on hand the night of the discovery when they all took a nip from a bottle of scotch. All right, earlier this week, Brooks Kepka said all he had to do was hang around. He's doing a lot better than that. Yeah, he's, at the... he's, he's hovering. He's yeah, he's hovering. Way over top of everybody. Yeah, he's putting on a clinic there. Thanks, Chris. Uh, Brooks Kepka has basically bench-pressed the field after two rounds of the PGA Championship. The guy with the massive biceps has a seven-shot lead after setting a record 36-hole score at a major. And you have to, if you think uh, he'll have to fend off Tiger Woods on the weekend, you're wrong. Tiger missed the cut playing in the same group with Kepka. 
Kepka shot a course record 7 under 63 at the mighty Bethpage Black on Long Island in round one. Picked up right where he left off. Birdied his first two holes, three of his first four to get it to double digits. He's at minus 10. Meanwhile, Tiger hit just one fairway on the front. It was at the ninth, and that led to this unlikely birdie from 39 feet. Tiger in decent shape at that point, though, at plus two, but it all fell apart on the back. Tiger, four bogeys in a five-hole stretch, sat at plus five outside the cut line. Kepka, meanwhile, his approach at the 15th. And it's uh, pretty good, you'd say. Three and a half feet, made birdie, got to minus 11. Tiger, meanwhile, needed to make birdie on 18 just to make the cut. Has to chip it in. The odds not good, and it didn't come close. Did not play well after the, uh, did not play at all after the Masters because he said his body was sore. It was definitely uh, rusty. Did not putt well, so no Tiger this weekend. That's bad for ratings. Finishes at plus five. Kepka, meanwhile, Finishing in style with a birdie at 18, 12 under par, 128 total. That's a 36-hole major record by two shots. Tiger, part of that group that held the old record. Who will challenge Kepka? How about Jordan Spieth? Really struggled the past 18 months, but a great round today, including this long birdie. He's seven shots back. He'll play in the final group with Kepka tomorrow. And Ozzy Adam Scott had the low round of the day, six under 64. He's also at five under like Spieth. Both Canadians made the cut. Adam Hadwin at plus two. Corey Connors right on the number at plus four. Here's Tiger on his struggles. You know, unfortunately, I just didn't... Uh... I made too many mistakes, you know, and just didn't uh, didn't do the little things I needed to do. You know, I had a couple three putts. Uh, I didn't hit wedges close. Didn't hit any fairways today. You know, um, did a lot of little things wrong. Well, another longtime lion has been cut loose on the eve of training camp in Kamloops. Fullback Roly Lombala was released today after 11 seasons in a Lions uniform. Lombala had just seven touchdowns in 188 career games, but his contributions went much deeper than the stats. Lombala was mostly a blocking back on offense and an energizer bunny on special teams, but a great guy in the locker room, a pillar in the community for the Lions. Lions are looking to get younger and save some money, but they will miss Roley in a lot of ways. Big soccer news today. Chilliwack's Jordan Heidema has signed a contract to play for the French women's club Paris Saint-Germain. The 18-year-old is a rising star on our national team and got her start with the Whitecaps Elite Super Rex program where she spent four years. Now she'll be close to boyfriend Alfonso Davies, who of course is with German powerhouse Bayern Munich. Game four, Stanley Cup Western Conference Finals. Sharks and Blues from St. Louis. San Jose coming off that controversial hand pass goal in overtime in game three. Blues look like they want to take care of business early. Off the uh, turnover, Ivan Barbashev scored. And then Tyler Bozek gets credit for this one, knocking it in past Martin Jones. 2-0 Blues after one, and that's where they sit after two in St. Louis. Memorial Cup underway tonight in Halifax. The host Mooseheads playing the Western League champion Prince Albert Raiders, who of course are coming off that dramatic and draining Game 7 overtime win over the Giants Monday. How much gas would the Raiders have in the tank? Not much, apparently. Already up 1-0, Xavier Perron made it 2-0. And then in the second, now 2-1, Mooseheads on the power play, Jake Rysick with the one-timer. It looks like Halifax is going to win. They're up 3-1. 
late in the third. And some basketball. Game two, Eastern Conference Finals. Raptors at the Bucks. Milwaukee won the opener. Raps looking for the split. But a lot of Greek freak early on. Giannis Antetokounmpo swatting away a Marc Gasol layup at the other end. How do you not cover this guy who could easily be the MVP of the league? Bucks jumped out 9-0. Raptors started playing some defense. Pascal Siakam with the steal. The Kawhi the other way takes it strong. But they've been double and triple teaming Kawhi. 11 points at the half for him. But he's had to work very hard for it. Giannis had an average game in game one. Revved up tonight. Drives it and dunks it. Bucks rolling in the first on the fast break. George Hill to the basket. Milwaukee's got a deep bench, and they've been really running Toronto ragged. 35-21 after one, and that they don't. The Bucks don't stop there. Urson Ilyasova knocks down the three. 15 off the bench for the Big Turk, and the Raps are in trouble. Down 64-39 at the half. So they'll need something real special and unexpected to come back uh, from. A lot of weapons yes. there in Milwaukee for sure. Okay, thanks very much, Barry. Here. Coming up on ET Canada, you won't believe which stars on the shortlist for Batman. Also, ahead, Supergirl makes history. Get to know TV's first trans superhero. And Riverdale's hottie, Charles Milton, opens up about his first feature film. That's all coming up at 7, right after the news hour. But for now, it's back to you, Chris. All right. Thanks very much, Cheryl. Do you guys take all the vacation time that you're owed by the Every company? single minute. Every single we, minute. We do. Squire, Squire's got some work to do. He's got a hundred in the bank or something. <laughs> but uh, If you don't, you're part of a growing trend. But a growing number of employers are recognizing the importance of vacations and they're actually giving their workers incentives to unplug and unwind. The Monday to Friday grind can be grueling. Traffic. Emails phone calls. And that's before even getting to the office. A new study shows that more than half of Americans experience stress a lot of the day. So for all those overworked and under pressure employees, there's no surprise me time often takes a backseat. Are you taking a full hour for lunch? Oh, I wish. It can be as simple as stepping outside during the day. Any chance to get out and get some sun, get out of the office, um, get some fresh food, why not? It breaks the monotony, you know, gives you a release. But experts say disconnecting for longer periods is also key. Here at Creative Plan Designs in New York, disconnecting is non-negotiable. What do you tell your employees? You tell them, I want you to unplug. I want you to be gone. CEO Ronald Stair says using vacation days is mandatory. That means no calls and no emails, not even checking them. It allows you to really be off when you're off. And off means off. Business emails are automatically forwarded to someone else. People think they have to be there to demonstrate that they're working as hard or harder than their coworkers. You're finding that when they do come back, they are... They're refreshed, they are focused, they are, they're clear. But research shows nearly half of employees don't use all their paid time off. You have to meet your deadlines and do everything that's expected of you at work. To help workers help themselves, some companies are offering incentives. At Olark Live Chat in California, taking a week off will get you an extra $1,000. 
Epic in Wisconsin offers a paid month off every five years. If you go to a country you've never visited, the company will help fund the trip for you and a guest. Companies turning convention on its head. A win for everyone. <laughs> Two companies. <laughs> Two companies. Yeah. But, They're willing uh, to do that. But yeah, I bet people are printing out the resumes or sending right. it digitally now. And also, yeah, no, I've got something to put in the global suggestion box. Yes, oh, that's right. Me too. Yes. And they do read those. those. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I'll be here Monday. I don't know if you guys will. Are you working Monday? I will be here. I don't yeah. like to do Mondays. No, I don't think I'll be here. You've, Not coming You'll out. enjoy the long weekend, be, yeah. as, as a lot of people will. The unofficial start to summer, and the, the weather's. Not too bad? Not too bad. Yeah, that's right. Um, I think uh, the first half of the weekend is going to be drier than the latter half. However, we're still a couple days out. That latter half may change, so keep tuning back in. But for the most part, slight chance of showers tomorrow morning, otherwise a mix of sun and cloud. And you'll see a range in temperature tomorrow from 19 to 23 degrees, a bit more cloud on Sunday. And at this point, it looks like we could see some light rain on Monday. So is it a bring your tarps if you're camping weekend? Doesn't. Oh, yeah. yeah. Never go camping without Never tarps. Never go camping without the tarps. Especially Very this weekend. Point. Very good point. Have a great weekend, folks. See you back here Monday.